Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Exodus 20, verse 12, talking about moms today. So I want to just touch a couple pieces of scripture. I have a very simple message today, and uh, we won't be long. So I want to give time for those that are going to see mom or those that are traveling for lunch. They can get on the road um, and get there quickly so they can be with family. Today is a very important day to be with mom. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. I want to talk to you for a little while about honoring mom. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the hearing and the application. We pray that you use this for your glory and that you would allow us to honor mom today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. There is an additional word linked to this in Ephesians 6 and 2. And it is, honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. It was among the high high and lofty commandments, the top 10, it was in there, it was important to God. He said, when you want to have a commandment and know what to do, if you need to have a rule to live by, here's one, honor your father and your mother. It's very important because then the epistle writer, Ephesians, he says that it may be well with thee, in verse 3, and thou mayest live long on the earth. How many want to live a while? How many want to live a long while? This is a promise that says if you honor your father and mother that God will establish you and set you up and you will live a long time. I think the reason why you'll live long upon the earth because if you don't honor your mother and father, we'll take you out. I brought you in this world, I can make another just like you. But the chances of a promise being attached to a commandment and then it transferring into the New Testament is is powerful because we, we see here that honoring is a very key and important aspect or value to God. As a pastor, I pray that God gives me leadership for this church. And the way that I lead as a pastor over the years that I've learned is I can't offer too many things to the church for us to follow or go after because we'll get lost in the minutia, okay? So what I do is I pray and I say, God, what is the focus of the church? What do you want us to emphasize? What do you want us to focus on? And I say, God, give me two values. And the value that we have this year is awaken. We want to awaken the church, awaken our spirit, awaken our hearts, have a personal revival to have a public revival. That was the one thing that God told me is is have an awakening. So um, I came away with the value of revival. Whatever that means to you, that's the one value of this church this year. And then the other value you that God gave me was prayer. How many know culture is set by values? 
How many know that you can tell what a church values just by being in church for a few minutes? If a church is a very praiseful church, if they praise a lot and they worship a lot, guess what? The pastor probably has a high value and preaches a lot on your praise being your weapon and your, your, you war through praise and you could fight the enemy through your praise. There's a lot of praise preaching. If there's a lot of uh, Holy Ghost infillings, there's probably a whole lot of Holy Ghost being preached from the past. That's a value. You value people being filled with the Holy Ghost, value people being saved. That is an underlying value of the church. But one thing that I found out is that God has a very strong value all throughout scripture of honor, giving honor to whom it is due. And that honor sets a culture not only in your life, but it sets a culture in your home. And guess who is the major, most important person to set the value of honor in your life? It is your mother. Your mother teaches you how to honor things and how to honor your father and how to honor the rules of the home and how to honor taking your shoes off at the door if they're muddy or if you've been playing in the mud, stripping in the garage before you come into the house. It was an inside joke. We were talking about it. We'll stop there. <laughs> Said, no, get out. You're taking your clothes off out there because you've been playing in the mud. Mom was always the gatekeeper. She always was the one that set the rules of the house. And often maybe you had a mom who was the single parent home and she had to be both. Or maybe you had a mother that, that uh, didn't do so well at the honor aspect, but she taught you how to pray. Prayer is another aspect of importance in the home. How many know that I've already hit this once or twice, but how many know that a praying mother is one of the most praying, powerful values that you can be taught? A praying mother. That's what I get from my mother. And sometimes I have Sarah teach on Mother's Day because I didn't have a very strong upbringing with my mother. My mother made a lot of mistakes in life, but I learned from her lessons so I didn't have to learn those lessons on my own. Amen? And so the one thing that my mother taught me as a very strong value is you need to learn how to pray. If there's anything you do right, pray, because that's what my mother got right. She got prayer right. She'd pray for us. We'd hear her praying, and the power of a mother's prayer is important. Let me share with you a story that will maybe impress you about the power of a mother's prayer. This is a true story. It's historically documented. You can Google it, look it up later. It's, of the, story, it's the story of a man by the name of Peter Richley. Peter Richley set out from England to Australia in 1820 on a ship bound for Australia. Five times he was um, told that maybe maybe you should seek out your mom, maybe you should find a way to find her because he didn't know where she was at, but he was going back to Australia because he needed to get home. Home was Australia for him. And so he set out on a ship and as a storm set in, the ship sank. But Peter survived. And another boat happened to be going by. And so this other boat saw something in the water and they picked up Peter and brought him aboard. And as, as things progressed, another storm came through and that ship sank. But guess who survived? Peter Richley survived. And he's in the water and then another ship came along and found him and pulled him aboard a third ship. I know this doesn't seem like it could possibly happen, but this is a very real story. And then the third ship sank, and then a fourth ship came along, and then a fifth ship, and all these kept sinking, and this one man, Peter Richley, survived every single one of them. For some reason, he made it out. I don't know who else made it out, but he made it out. And each time, another passing ship happened to see him. So when the sixth ship came along, it was called City of Leeds, and they brought him on board 
Lord. They got him a meal and they, they warmed him up and they got him all, um, got, basically got him out of the water and, and got him warm. And then they, they were sitting there and they're like, we're headed to Australia. We're about two days out, but we want you to know that we've had this woman on board that has been a friend to all of the crew. She's been praying for the crew. She loves the crew. Everyone on the boat that was on there was considered the crew, but she has become very sick and she was on her way to Australia to see her son. And every time she wakes up, she's going kind of in and out of consciousness. She's had a, had a major fever and she's, she's very old and feeble and we don't even think she's going to make the two days but she knows all of us but she doesn't know you because we picked you up in the ocean so would you do us a favor I know this is a big thing to ask but would you go into her because every time she wakes up she's praying and begging God Lord just let me see my son one last time would you please God I beg of you let me see my son one last time and so he said would you just give this woman a little bit of peace and just go in and pretend that you're her son because she's so delirious, she won't even know. And then let her go on into the next life with some peace. And so the Peter agreed, okay, I'll do it. You pulled me out of the ocean. I might as well help you. And so the captain brought him in, pushed him right up to the bed, and she stirred a little bit, and Peter looked down. And he looked into the face of the woman and began to break down in tears because the woman that he was looking at was his mother that he hadn't seen for 10 years. And the Lord, the Lord had honored the prayers of Sarah Richley, who had not seen her son for those 10 young, long years. And it didn't matter the storms that came. It didn't matter the ships that sank. I want you to know, not the, the tragedy of all that, but the fact that a mother's prayers were so strong that it brought her son to her regardless the storms and regardless the tragedy and regardless the struggle. And I want you to know that I believe in the power of a praying mom because that's why I stand here today. Mom, if you listen to this over online, I want you to know that I love you and that I'm preaching today because of your prayers. I'm thankful for your prayers and I'm thankful that she understood that when you call her mom, it's because moms are called. That whenever you call mom, mom, it's not because she just does all the duties, but that when God gives you a child mother's, God also anoints you to be a mother and God gives you everything you need to be that mother. There's no such thing as an accidental child. There's an accidental pregnancy, but there's no such thing as an accidental child. I don't care how that child came to be. It is the will of God that that child be born. And when that child comes to conception, God said, I need knew you in the womb when I formed you and I had plans for you. So regardless of whether you were considered an accident as I was considered, but regardless of whether I was considered an accident, I tell you God had plans on my life and God called my mother to raise me and God called my mother to teach me how to honor authority and how to honor God in prayer and God uses me for that reason. I stand here not on my own strength but on the prayers of generations that gone, have gone before me and the crescendo of my own mother's prayers joined in concert with the generations that came behind me. And if your mom's not here today and she's gone home to heaven, hear this, 
that whenever the children of your family are saved, hear me, that there's angels that rejoice in heaven over one sinner that repents. So somehow there is some sort of intercom. You read it how you want to. I like to think of it this way, that when someone's name is written in the Lamb's book of life, I feel like someone comes on the intercom and... Hey, guess what? Jodon Calhoun's name is written in the Lamb's book of life and everyone rejoices. The Bible said a party is kicked off in heaven when a person's name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So if your mom went before you, if you are now saved or you are choosing to walk with God, guess what? I believe there is a day where your mom rejoiced over your salvation in heaven. I believe that. And if not, I can be wrong because <laughs> it's in heaven. You can be wrong as long as you make it to heaven. You get the good stuff right. So how do we honor mom? I'm yelling and screaming and having a good time up here. I've already preached myself happy. You have to love her unconditionally. I hope you can write this down. If you take notes, do this, and you will honor your mother. Love her unconditionally. How many know that she deserves it? Because she loved you unconditionally, amen? Moms wouldn't sign up for the job if they knew they had to pick up all that stuff off the bathroom floor and they had to do all the jobs they have to do and they have to help hold you whenever you're sick and you're not doing well. They have to be there for you. They loved you unconditionally. Hug her, number two, hug her affectionately. She deserves your love. Kiss her on the cheek, hold her tight and tell her I love you and show her affection because that's what got you through life is your mother's affection. Number three, understand her sympathetically. Understand her sympathetically. Moms change, amen? Moms go through different cycles of life, different seasons, and as they're going through those lives, they can have different frustrations. You have to be sympathetic to your mom. Amen, somebody understand her. Make sure, make sure you know that you're listening to her. Number four, listen to her attentively. How many know that when you have something going wrong, you want mom to listen? You want mom's uninterrupted attention. Maybe you could do that for mom too. Give her some uninterrupted attention today. Maybe listen to her attentively. She might not be saying something that, that you feel like is super important, but don't be distracted. Put your phone down. Take all the distractions away and say, Mom, if we were wanting you to listen to us and you helped us and you talked us through things in life and you did all those things for us and we, you were so attentive to us, you deserve for me to be attentive to you and listen to you. Amen, somebody. Is this too practical? Number six, remember her gratefully. Even when she cannot give anymore, when she's given and given and given in younger seasons of her life and now her strength is not where it used to be, guess what? Don't be, don't be dishonoring her by saying, well, I just, I've got to go help mom with this or I got to go do that. Uh, guess what? If you are keeping a grateful spirit, you will honor her in your life because when you remember mom with a grateful spirit, you're saying thank you for all you did. Amen. Is there anybody here that was not born of a woman? Anyone here? Anybody? So you were a pain to your mom? <laughs> Come on, it's Mother's Day. We can make some jokes. Be grateful. Be grateful for all she did for you. And then 
Probably the most important one is number seven. Remind her, remind them that they are needed. They are needed. This is a big thing for moms because as they, as they progress through the seasons of life and get older, they start to feel like you're busy with your kids and your family and your job and your home and mom starts to feel unneeded. Well, I guess I'm done. I did all that I need to do. Now they don't need me anymore. Whenever you get that empty nest feeling, <laughs> we were talking about that last night. When you start to get that empty nest feeling, mom, just know that your kids, if you taught them well, you can just tell them, hey, I, I want you to call me on Mother's Day. I want you to look me up. I want to spend time with you. And, and guess what? I'm speaking to everybody that has a mom right now. Remember to give her a call today. Amen? Take some time and call your mother. It's important. This is practical stuff, but you need, if your mother's sitting next to you right now, give her a hug and just tell her, mom, you're needed. Reach over and hug her and just say, mom, you're needed. They need to know that. And I come back to the original point that I made. You know why moms are needed? Because a mother's prayer are the most powerful prayers. And even if she doesn't have anything left to give, she can still pray for you. You need to take all of your big decisions and say, mom, would you pray for me in this? Would you pray for me in these decisions? You're a called mom, and there's a reason for that. I'm thankful for the mothers that I see in Scripture. There's so many examples of Scripture, in Scripture of moms. There's example of mothers who came out and fought for their children. There's examples for, of mothers that, that did right in raising their children. I'm wondering, I wanted to ask you today, how are you honoring your mother? How are you honoring your mother? Are you the daughter you want to raise? Are you the son you want to raise? Think about it. If you were to be in your mother's position, are you the daughter that you'd want to raise or the son that you'd want to raise? And if that's the case, then praise God for good upbringing. But if you find something, we're all flawed, amen? You have to embrace that your mom is not perfect and you're not perfect. But if you can find something that needs to change, change that today. Say, mom, I want to talk to you about something. Mother, could you, could you, could I come over to your house and we could just talk about something? Maybe you had a, a mother that wasn't very good at bringing you up. Maybe she wasn't very wise in, in the ways of raising children, but you still have a mom in life. And guess what? Regardless of how good she was or how many flaws she has, or if her life is a complete mess, you still need to honor your mom. Amen? Yes. Amen. Honoring mom is not very easy. If mom didn't do all things right, but she doesn't have to. What you need to do is you need to honor mom for the good things she did. My mother made mean breakfast. I mean some good breakfast. And I'm not really a breakfast eater anymore because she wore me out. She made so many good breakfasts. I, I just, I keep, I get up and I get going in the day, during the day. And um, I would come home sometimes because I was raised by my mom. We were, we were poor. Um, and so being poor, we would always have like that time where there was the pantry was full at the beginning of the month and they would get real thin toward the end of the month. And we were like having crackers and cheese <laughs> and then we would get back to full again. So at the beginning of the month, it was always a party. You're like, yeah, all right, let's go to the store, get food. It was really awesome. But we celebrated the little things and I remember one time, because I didn't have a dad to correct me as much, I was kind of the man of the home early on, but that didn't keep me from being sassy. Hello, somebody. 
And so I remember one time I came home and she had dumplings ready for me. She had chicken and dumplings. And, and I had turned off to chicken and dumplings. I had so many chicken and dumplings. See, when you're poor, you stretch chicken and dumplings. Hello, somebody. And I was done with you. I still will not eat oatmeal to this day or chicken and dumplings because we had so much, nor will I ever touch powdered milk ever again in my entire life. Just, oh, so nasty. But I came home and she had chicken and dumplings ready and I didn't want it. And she had worked to make sure it was ready for us. And my mother had eaten and my, son, my brother had already eaten. And I came home later. She's like, I still have it warm for you. Go on ahead and eat it and then I can put it away. And I got sassy. And I said, I don't even like it. Your chicken and dumpling is so nasty. I said something along those lines. Probably not nasty, but it was really sassy, okay? And it just, I just said it because I was being a, a rebellious little teenager. And my mother doesn't usually go off very much. But this time, she came after me. And she started swinging like windmill swings. Like, you will not tell me after I kept it warm for 15, 20, you know. I was an hour and a half ago ready for you to eat. And she came at me. And unfortunately, I was bigger than her, like taller, so I could block all of the hits that were coming in. And I realized early on that if I let her just hit me with one of the softer blows, she was good. So I would like dodge which one was coming in softer and let that one hit me. And then I'm like, okay, we're good. <laughs> she got me. She was like, that's right. I'm going back to put the dumplings away. She'd go back to the kitchen. But even, even then, I recognize that if you get mom mad enough, if you get the right situations going, mom will fight for what's right. Amen? There's a place in scripture, I don't know if you know this story, but this is a, this is a crazy story. In Exodus chapter, or 1 Samuel 20, it deals with a, a situation where there was a man that was ruthless and he was actually standing against the kingdoms, the king and David and the scripture says, and there happened to be there a man of Belial. The word actually translates to a rebel from the, Greek, from the original Hebrew, whose name was Sheba. Everyone say Sheba. Sheba. He was quite the rebel. The son of Bichri and a Benjamite. And he blew a trumpet and said, we have no part in David. Neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to his tent, every man to his tents, let's ride, basically, O Israel. And then skip to verse three, if you would. And David came to his house at Jerusalem, and the king took the ten women, his concubines, whom he had left to keep the house, and put them in ward, and fed them, and he went not in unto them. So they were shut up unto the day of their death, living in widowhood. What does all this mean? Let's go to verse 16, if you would. So there's this guy who rebels against the king and tries to take people with him, and then cried a wise woman. Everyone say, a wise woman. Out of the city, hear, hear, say, I pray unto you, Joab. Joab was the king of the hosts, the army of David. Come, ne come near hither and that I may speak with thee. So what was taking place was, Joab, we'll get back to that next verse. Joab had sieged the city that she was in. It was a city called Abel. It was a place of wisdom. It was where people brought questions and they got answers. And where the situations was, were resolved because of the wisdom of that city. But there was this one 
man who was harbored, a rebel, a rebel who was harbored in that city, and they had closed up the city, and Joab had come, and he had battering rams, and he was fighting against the city, not because he wanted to attack the city, but because the king David had had realized that this rebel was worse than Absalom, that literally that if they left this alone, it was going to split apart the kingdom and there would be so much rebellion. So they, so the King David sent Joab after this Sheba guy. And so when you see the story, you're thinking, man, this is crazy. What's, what's actually going on here? The focus on the lesson here is that she was not only a wis- a woman of wisdom, but she knew who to go and talk to. So she said, she took responsibility, go to the next verse, if you would, for her city. And she said, if you would just put that back up there, verse 17. And when, he, and when he was come near unto her, the woman said, Art thou Joab? And he answered, I am he. Then she said unto him, Hear the words of thy handmaid. And he answered, I do hear. That's the first time we have in Bible that a man actually listened to a woman. Right there. <laughs> he was so wise. And then she spake, saying, They were they were wont to speak in old times, saying, they shall surely ask counsel at Abel. Abel was the city she lived in. In other words, it was a place of counsel. It was a place of wisdom. And so they ended the matter. She said, matters and problems would come in the gates, and they would be handled in the gates and be taken care of in the city. And she said, I am one of them that are peaceable and faithful in Israel. Thou seekest to destroy a city and a mother of Israel. She said, I'm a mother of Israel, and this is a city that's peaceable and has wisdom in it. Why wilt thou swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? And she goes on the next verse. And Joab answered and said, far be it, fr- far be it from me. He said, I'm not interested in destroying the heritage of the Lord of this city. I just need to take care of one thing. He said, the matter is not so, but a man of the Mount Ephraim, Sheba, the son of Bichri, um, by name, hath lifted up his hand against the king, even against David. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. And the woman said unto him, Joab, behold, his head shall be thrown to thee over the wall. Now, these are some ruthless women, amen? I'd like to go through the Old Testament and do an entire series on savage sisters. I just do a whole series on it, just like the savage sister. And, and this lady makes it in. She's like, we will take care of this rebel. We will take care of this. There's no reason to destroy everything over one person that's harbored in the city if the men of the city, if the leaders of the city won't do it, if, if somebody in authority won't do it, then I'm going to go to Joab and I'm going to plead with him and I'm going to petition him and I'm going to do what it takes to take care of this situation. I want to tell you that when rebellion is in the home, the great thing that can happen is for a mother to rise up and say, I need to take this thing out of my home. If addiction is in your children, a mother who rises up and says, we're going to cut the head off of it and we're going to throw it over the wall. We're going to deal with this situation. It doesn't take anybody else. It doesn't take another leader to come in. I can do it with my own prayer life. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to be responsible in my home. Amen, somebody. She was responsible. She was a wise woman, the Bible says. She was a responsible woman, the Bible says. She was a respectful woman. She took responsibility for the entire city and her family. She was respectable. She was 
a partner with the answer. She took part in bringing an answer. She was a picture of the church, amen? That she saved the city because she threw out the thing that was rebellious against the king. And I wonder, what's in your home today? that God would have you remove from your life. As a mother, you can see it, you know it, you see it come in the door sometimes on your children, but what is in your home that does not please the king? What is inside your life that may need the king to answer to? What is it that God wants you to do to be respectable? And she was ruthless, amen? Probably one of the other savage sisters I'd, I'd put in there is Joelle. You guys remember her? Jael? I can't even say her name right. But she was taking care of a situation as well. So there was more than just one thing going on here, but the king didn't like what was inside the city. And King David had already dealt with Absalom and dealt with him wrong. He let it stay too long. And so he was dealing quickly and swiftly with this situation. And I have seen many times where there's something that enters the home and mom prays it back out. Literally takes authority over it and says, no, my kids are not going to be addicted. My kids are not going to have the curses of their past generations. There will not be rebellion in this home. I'm going to pray it out. I'm going to win over this. Amen? It wasn't a man. It was a wise woman. Ladies and mothers, I encourage you to be a wise woman today. You can take captivity captive just like Jesus did. You can take authority, amen? I, I don't know what you're dealing with or what you'd have in your home. I just wanted to bring this to you because I think that sometimes we feel like if, if someone else doesn't step in, nothing's going to change, but everything changed for this woman because she got involved. And so if there's addiction, if there's bitterness, whatever it is, I, you, you decide what needs to be moved. Offense, strife, unforgiveness, some things I wrote down, depression, fear, discouragement, rebe rebellion, any of those things, they have to get cut off and thrown over the wall. Amen? They have to be thrown out of your life. And when you do it, the battering rams stop. Amen? So what was happening was Joab was attacking the city because of what was in the city. And when she took care of it, they stopped attacking the city because what was in the city gave Joab the authority to attack. And it's the same thing. When you have rebellion and when you have sin in your life, it gives the enemy the authority to attack your life. And if you want the attack to stop, if you want the battle to stop, if you want, if you want the battering rams in the spirit to stop, if you want the, all of the things that are coming against you to be handled by God, you have to deal with what's in your heart and your life. And you may have to throw some things over the wall. Now, that's a very ruthless example, amen? But it's a physical example of what we do spiritually. Amen. When you do the right things, God handles what you cannot handle. He'll bring healing to your body. I've seen, I've seen entire families turn around by one praying mother. I have one woman that acted, changed an entire city in that scenario. God, give us wisdom and understanding. Amen? Give us mothers who have wisdom to handle things 
We don't need to be harboring anything in our lives, amen, someone that does not please God. I want everything in me to please the king. I want everything in my life to please the king, and I want to know that there is something that is praying for me, a mother that's praying for me. Wise women will stand up and say, I will pray it out. I will fast. I will do what it takes. You honor your mom, and God will honor you. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together. I think my mother had a lot of prayer time for me because <laughs> we were... We were. We would hike into places we shouldn't be. I remember my cousin Brandon and I. We were hiking across this. We were traversing across the side of the mountain, and we didn't know it, but an avalanche had gutted everything that we were standing on. Everything underneath had come out in an avalanche down the mountain, and it was frozen like an ice canopy. And we were walking, Brandon and I, and we got about twenty paces in, and it was like shh. It's just like there was nothing underneath us. And there's so many times where I feel like I'm just here because my mother didn't uh, give up on praying for me. We would do stuff that didn't make much sense. You know, you did stuff too, all of you. You've had maybe stories to tell, but my brother today, regardless of the abuse that happened, regardless of all the things that happened, my stepdad went to jail for 15 years for physical abuse. And today... I have never beat my children. I have never abused them. I've never done that kind of thing. I've learned that God will use the struggle to make you a stronger person if you let it. You can either let it defeat you or you can use it for his glory. And so if you know you come from a rough upbringing, you know you come from rough places, let me tell you this. My brother is pastoring a church in Sebastian, Florida. I have the privilege of loving all of you and pastoring this church because a mom prayed, because a mom prayed. And so I don't know what you would want me to do, Lord, to finish this service, but I really feel like maybe today we could love mom enough to honor her and maybe we can pray for our moms right now. And, and, and the impression that I want to leave is that if she prayed for you to get you here, you should pray for her and take care of her until she gets on home to heaven. Amen? I know we have people in this room that have stood and have said goodbye to their mothers at a grave. I, I understand that. But regardless of how much it hurts that they're not here today, I want you to know that there's other mothers in the church that are willing to put their arm around you that if we can just gather together today our hearts and pray for the mothers of the church, there's something about it. Whenever God has a church that will do what it's supposed to do, it will support those that are without, amen, that lose and that are, don't have. So I was raised by men of God because I didn't have a father in the home. You can also find a spiritual mother in the church to help you and to strengthen you if your mom is not with us. But let's pray for mom today. Let's pray for a spiritual mom if you need one. Jesus, we thank you for this day. 
We thank you for your touch. We thank you for your blessings. Lord God, we're walking in the blessings of prayers breathed by mothers and those that are here. They know that their mom, maybe not perfect, but definitely has prayed for them. I ask you to return blessing right now. Come on, somebody give back in a prayer right now to your mother. Please, God, if we could just return a prayer. God, would you bless my mother? Would you bless her health? Would you strengthen her body? Would you give her hope, Jesus? Would you let her be encouraged by knowing that there's good things coming of the blessings that she prayed over her children? that her family is together, that there's people that are growing and becoming great because of the things she prayed. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name.